0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Welcome to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. It's good to be here with you. This is the show where we talk about you. Who in the world is more important to you than you? You're the only one you have to live with your entire life. So, why not get to know yourself? Why not get to understand why you do the things you do? Maybe you're struggling with something. Maybe you have a relationship that is not working out the way you want it to work out. Maybe your your children or grandchildren aren't listening to the wisdom that you have to offer. Maybe someone's struggling in your family and you just don't see a way to get through to that person. If you have a question that you want to ask me, if you want to be a part of this show, the number is 866-391-1020. Or if you don't feel comfortable talking, you can email us at dollarbankinstantaccess at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866 391 1020 on the right Automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. So there are ways to get a hold of us. There are ways to get on the show to get your questions out there. I'm passionate about what I do. I love, love what I do. I get to, my, my career is very diverse. So from writing, I'm actually writing my uh, legacy book right now on yield theory. It's a theory I created. I've spent 20 years practicing, and I'm excited. I'll be publishing that with Sounds True Publishing. I had an interesting day today. So I speak all over the country. I I travel a lot. I do a lot of work in prisons. I do work with high-profile athletes. And with all the diversity of my career, I get lots of different meetings. So I was on a meeting earlier today, and that meeting really... It wasn't going in the way that uh, I thought was a, a healthy direction. So when the meeting was over, um, I had jumped into my next meeting, and I had a piece of paper in front of me, and I want, I want you to picture this. So the notes I took from that meeting that didn't really have a lot of good energy, I flipped it over, and I thought, do I even want to use the same piece of paper to deal with my next meeting? Maybe I don't even want that energy in here. But I, I, instead, I wrote a little prayer on top of that piece of paper and I thought, let me just take a minute and send some good energy to the room, to the space and, and practice the type of energy that I want to have. And then the next meeting was outstanding. It was unbelievable. And it was interesting because I was sharing this with my wife afterward and she kind of my wife's awesome. She kind of gave me a big high five and she said, that's it. That's what it's all about right there. Life's going to happen to you. There will be things that happen to you in life. The, the question is, how will you respond to what happens to you? here's an inescapable truth. You are always emitting energy. Always. You cannot escape the fact that you're emitting energy. You play a role in every relationship you have. It's true that you might be in a family where there's a particular family member who's struggling more so than others. But when you interact with that family member, you still play a role. Now, people say, well, How do I get this? In fact, this kind of was a question for me today from a friend. He said, um, how do I get get my friend to understand that he needs help? He's struggling. How do I get him to understand that he needs help? And I said, you don't. And he said, I thought this is what you do for a living. I said, listen, all I do is give the world my best, and then I let go. If people latch on to that and take that, wonderful, beautiful, that's a blessing. But if they don't, that's also on them. It's the error of omnipotence is the error of omnipotence is to believe that we are responsible for others. We're not. We are responsible for ourselves and how we choose to interact with others. So being, look, it, it begins with this. Knowing others is intelligence. Knowing yourself is true wisdom. Now, I didn't say that quote. That comes from Lao Tzu. Knowing others is intelligence, but knowing yourself is is true wisdom. So on this show, we try to help you get to understand yourself. And and when I talk about emitting energy, here's something that's a, 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 in, another inescapable truth. People see your actions, not your intentions. So it doesn't matter if you don't mean to be negative. It doesn't matter if you don't mean to be the town gossip. If you are, you are. It doesn't matter if you don't mean to be a complainer. If you complain a lot, you are. And you say, but yes, but yes, but I have reasons for this. Yes, but doesn't matter if you're really good at playing the game. Yes, but at the end of the day, your actions are what people see. And just as you judge yourself on your intentions, but others on their actions, the world is looking at you according to your actions. So why not get a insight? Why not get insight onto how you're coming across to the world? So for years, I trained counselors. If you wanted to go on to become a professional counselor, my job was as a counselor educator. I was a professor and I loved what I did. And we had a clinic. At the, I was at a, a tenured professor at the University of Nevada in Reno. And we had a counseling clinic where the counselors would go and they would work with clients. And then I would watch them on a monitor in my office, and then their sessions would be recorded so we could we could talk about them and they could learn from them later on. And time and again, for years, people would walk into my office after they were done counseling, and they would say, man, Dr. Conti, I did this, 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 this today. And I'd say, no, you didn't. And they said, yes, I did. I said, no, you didn't. And then would pop the tape in and they'd watch themselves and they'd say, <gasps> I guess I didn't. And it's, and it's because in life we see our intentions, we see our intentions and we want other people to see our intentions. We believe that they see our intentions, but the reality is all they ever see is our actions. And the more self-aware you can be, the better chance you have to change those actions. So again, you can't necessarily change the people who are struggling in your life, but what you can change is yourself, which will in turn impact those people who are struggling in your life. And you might say, well, doesn't that sound like the onus is all on me? Well, in terms of what you can do, the onus is solely on you. You're the only one who's in control of you. And here's the thing, whatever you're doing every day, you're getting really, really good at. So if you are complaining all the time, eventually you'll become a master at complaining. If you're practicing the piano, eventually eventually you'll become a master pianist. But if you master having self-control, if you practice that day in, day out, eventually you will really exude and master self-control. Look, you are the only one who's in control of you. If you want to be a part of the show, 866 391 1020 or you can email us on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866 391 1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Welcome to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is the show where you get to talk about whatever's going on, whatever struggles you have. If you say, boy, I'd like to. I'd like to talk to someone, but I just don't know who to talk to. Maybe you want to be anonymous. You can do that. You can call in. You can make up a name if you want, but I love having the dialogue. We have some good emails and some texts, but I definitely want to have some dialogue. If you want to call in, the number is 866-391-1020, or again, you can always email us on the dollar bank, instant access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. So learning about ourselves, learning about you, like you understanding you, maybe you've done something a certain way for a long period of time and you think, well, I already know myself. I, I, I would beg to differ. I think one of the greatest things about us as human beings is we have an essence. There is an essence about us. And that essence is deep. That essence is so much beyond just the things we do in everyday life and to get to know our essence to go deep inside of us to really understand what's going on in our psyches and our minds that takes a lot of exploration it takes courage too to be able to look at your life and say i want to do things differently or i don't like how things are being done right now and look the world's caught up in chaos there's a lot of chaos you got to admit when you turn on the television you see conflict left and right you see anger left and right whether it's in politics, whether it's in events that are happening around the world, the world can become overwhelming. And so how do you navigate through that? I think a lot of times we take it for granted. So I, was, I had some pretty uh, intense stuff over the last couple of weeks that I was helping people navigate through. And I deal with um, people who are struggling in some of the darkest places they've ever struggled, in, in maximum security prisons, And I was working in particular with someone who was doing some really, really graphic, intense self-harm. And the nurses were getting kind of frustrated. They were kind of losing compassion for this person because they would bandage this person up. And then uh, this person would continue to hurt herself. And it would be over and over again. And so obviously, if you're one of those nurses who's working really hard trying to help someone, And that person is just ripping off that bandage and then re injuring herself. It makes a lot of sense why you might get frustrated. That's human nature to get frustrated. Hey, listen, I'm really giving you my best. And I feel like you're just sabotaging yourself. When people are struggling with self-harm, sometimes it really is difficult to understand for any of us. So we say, well, if you're going to hurt yourself, why should I care? Why should I even care? So I was working with some nurses and I was watching them get really frustrated with this one person in particular. And I said, you know, this struck me, this struck me the other day. I was, I had, I came into a, a, a really bad situation and I try to be mindful of what I paint a picture and what I put out in the universe. So I try not to put out unnecessary details that don't need to be there. But I came into a really uh, a difficult situation where a woman was a, an inmate who was kind of just laying there trying to not, not responsive, but she was purposely being not responsive. She wasn't actually injured. And so eventually she came around and she became, you know, she kind of was responsive and then said, you know, you know, I was doing this. I kind of wanted to get you. I wanted people to be, I wanted to see if people actually cared. So she was okay physically, but this is what was going on with her psychologically. And I said, when I, when I walked away, I thought, you know what? I just watched someone who looked like they weren't going to get back up. Now here, my brain is processing that someone might not get back up. Now, if you're looking at a, a human body, another human being who looks like they're in a position that they're not no longer alive and you're watching that, that impacts your brain, whether you believe it imba- impacts your brain or you don't, the reality it do- is that it does impact your brain. And so, I shared this with one of those nurses when we came to this woman who was dealing with self-harm. I said, I watched this woman and I realized that even though maybe I'm not uh, outwardly emotional because I've been doing this for 20 years and my job is dealing with some of the most intense crises you can possibly think of, literally the most intense crises you can think of. And that's what I've been doing for my entire career. So emotionally outward, I might look cool as a cucumber. And I might even feel cool as a cucumber as I'm dealing with things because I'm constantly exuding love. But here's the point. Just because I think that I can handle something doesn't mean my brain is handling it and not doing some sort of impact. So I said to these nurses, I said, every time you're watching this woman harm herself, it's impacting your brain. You're seeing a really tough physical situation. And just because you're used to seeing tough situations doesn't mean your brain's not being impacted by it. So watch this. We have a three pound brain. It doesn't matter how tough you are. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. At the end of the day, you have a three pound brain. And if your brain takes in images that are scary, if it takes in images that are intense, then your brain is processing those images, as if you're involved in that situation. So fancy word, we have a pre-motor cortex and the pre-before. So, and then we have a motor cortex. It's the primary center of our movement, motor movement, pre-motor. Before we move, we think about movement. So in other words, when we watch situations out in the world, when you watch intense situations, when your children or grandchildren are playing video games and they're playing violent video games, their pre-motor cortex is firing as if it's there, as if it's experiencing that. And here in 2018, we understand that the brain is impacted neurologically, physically by the things that we watch. So now let me tie this back into this woman who was hurting herself and these nurses who were getting exhausted. What happens is you might come at someone with a tremendous amount of compassion and love, but eventually what happens is what's called psychological tolerance. So just the way If you uh, drink a beer, uh, you might feel something the first time you drink a beer. As um, As you get older or you develop a tolerance, it takes more and more of that same beer to get you to feel the same way. Well, the same is true in life in terms of psychological experiences. Maybe you experience something and it's pretty intense, and then you do that enough, and eventually that doesn't get you rattled, but that doesn't mean that it's not impacting your brain in some way. And so being mindful about how images impact your brain. So when you're watching the news, when you're turning on the television and you're watching constant arguments, when you're turning on the television and you're seeing the tragedies and you're getting firsthand vision of those tragedies, your brain is being impacted by that. Now you might say, well, what's the big deal? I just flipped the channel. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't bother me. I was okay with that. But here's the thing. You have to remember that we were not designed to live in front of a television. So our brain on a deep evolutionary biological perspective doesn't watch, let's say the intense floodings that are occurring and then see, oh, that's fine. Because remember, just because you weren't there, your brain is processing that. Now watch what happens from this. And this is why I'm talking about learning about yourself on this show tonight. If I'm watching these tragedies, if I'm watching this intense stuff, and my brain is processing it as if I'm actually experiencing it, now all the things that come with trauma, like agitation, irritability, being short with your loved ones, those are the very same things that we would expect to see from someone who experiences a trauma physically. Well, now you might be doing that and not even realize that the things you're watching are playing a role in why you feel agitated, and why you feel irritable. And can you imagine if you could come back to your loved ones and say, I find myself being a little bit more irritable and I see myself being a little bit more agitated with you and I really want to apologize. I want you to know it's not you. I think I've been taking in an awful lot. So how do we even get to the point where we can recognize what we've been taking in? Well, it comes by reflecting. It comes by reflecting. It comes by stepping back and, and really taking a good hard look at what we're taking in day in day out. One of the things I wanted to do with this show is remind everyone. I want to remind you to be mindful of what you're putting in your foreground. What are you putting in your mind? Is it news that people are you're watching constantly fighting? Is it is it movies that are violent? You know, if, if for young people are they watching video games that are violent? Because whatever your brain is seeing, it's experiencing whether you believe it is or not. And once you realize that, you can really start to choose what you're going to put in front of your mind. If you want to be a part of this show and you have questions, 866-391-1020, or you can email us at the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. This is Emotional Management, the show where we talk about you on KDKA Radio. This is Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. Or you can email us on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. Let's go to the phone lines. George, you're on Emotional Management. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Doc. We spoke about two months ago. Back then, we were talking about disciplining children. And what is uh, maybe too much? Uh, and we, we discussed that, but, you know, a lot of uh, emotions, I think, are sight-driven. Uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you're talking about pre-motor, 4th exit. But we see visually, and I think a lot of it is even on just basic television. Go uh, so back about 17 and a half years ago, a few weeks ago, we were kind of engrossed and reminiscing, lack of a better word, of 9-11. Yes. And I kind of stopped. Watching TV at that point, it kind of became addicted, uh, Compensated with my addiction to talk radio. But uh, I thought <laughs> I could interact more with talk radio, and I actually saw, uh, I'm thinking as a layman, that uh, you know you get a little bit more more knowledge that way, less emotion, put it that way.
1: It, it, well, so, say, that, say, say, say that last part of your question. I missed the last part, though, that you get yeah, more I'm emotion.
0: Like You're not bad here. Maybe it's the rain. Uh, a little bit um, less emotion, and a little bit more intellectual, maybe because you're just thinking more to try to express yourself with words without that visual stimuli.
1: Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so if you're talking about if you're listening to it on the radio versus watching it on the television, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So first of all, thank you for calling back in. I appreciate you listening to the show, uh, and sure. I remember that that was a great call, and I'm glad you called in tonight. Right. The the um you're 100 percent right, and that's an that's actually a great thing to make people aware of. And uh, it might sound like I'm being biased as a radio host, but the truth sure. is, when you're listening when you're listening to it, you're right. Your your senses aren't being inundated in this same way. So watch this. If we, or maybe more ap- more appropriately, listen to this, <laughs> listen to this, George. So when I work with imagery, creative imagery with athletes, so a lot of athletes, what we do is we have them visualize what it is they're going to do and to, to get an imagery to actually be effective, you integrate as many senses as possible. So if I can get them to not only visualize it and see it, but also kind of maybe taste the flavor of gum they might be chewing as they're running. Or sure. smell the sounds. The more we can pull in those senses, the more real it is for them. So yeah, I think you you are one hundred percent on point with that. When we're listening, we're not being impacted in the same way. The other piece right. of that. Go ahead. No, go Even ahead. As
0: a kid, like forty years ago, like when we would play, when we would practice football, we would be allowed. We have to ask, <laughs> and we put chewing gum in our mouthpieces, and you would you could think, Like if I'm chewing Wrigley's, it brings you back to that little bit of uh, sensation of learning something, a little bit of pain, you know, you get that podge podge on what, what's real.
1: Oh, I love it. You you know, it. I, de- I definitely identify with that. And you're right. See, smells really are that olfactory sense is tied yeah. into the hippocampus. So that are memories. So yes, you're right. In an instant, we can be right back. But that's exactly it. That's actually the point amplified. What you just taught right there is the truth is you hit that, that chewing gum and all of a sudden you're right back there. So when we do imagery, again, we're trying to get the person in that state. But here's the piece to be aware of. Maybe you're not asking to go back to 9-11 and relive that horror that we experienced on that day. Right. But when we're watching it on the news all day long, guess what? We are. We are experiencing it again. Um, See,
0: what I kind of obsess on, and uh, I'm still at the Francis, so it's the way I am. We saw, I say we figuratively in the United States, saw more of uh, New York City falling apart not to diminish anything there, and a lot less of what the Pentagon experienced. I don't know if that was by design, but I really feel it was, uh, just on what we carry on with. Yeah, I mean, I think when it
1: comes to understanding that the world of the media is going to you know, obviously there's going to be a plan to the way things are unfolded. Now, I'm not talking about like some great giant conspiracy. I'm saying that obviously in any institution. I <laughs> I well, I I think, you know, I definitely respect everybody's perspective, but I think that sure. wherever it is, the reality is you can. there is going to be an intention by the way the media delivers whatever they deliver, because at the end of the day, a business is a business. So being able to uh, grab sure. people's attention is important.
0: Interesting how we encode, we decode, we have businesses that thrive on this or steer in various directions, you know, you've got to really spark a lot of thought process in me for a a 61 and a half year old guy I am
1: glad kick again well Real I good. love it and I definitely appreciate it and I appreciate you calling and and so and and, be, and being a part of the show thank you George I think it's a great great point that George brings up um, that when we, we we see those things and that happened that was true around 9 11 in fact I was actually in a prison on that day this year not back when it happened and I was uh, a couple of the inmates we watching this and they had a visceral reaction. And then I was there and we processed it. We processed what happened, but there was no faking it. I kind of watched this visceral reaction as I, as they uh, had seen uh, on the television, when they saw that on the television, it was pretty, it was pretty profound. So I got a, uh, on the right automotive text line, there is a question on um, why should we give compassion to people who hurt themselves if they don't respect themselves Why should I, I don't know if this is like almost identical to what I had referred to earlier, but I kind of even alluded to that. Even in what I was saying earlier, the truth is people who are struggling need our help more. I think they need our compassion more. And here's something that gets confused a lot. I think people have this and I understand why, but there's a, there's a misperception that when we say that we're going to give someone compassion, that that means we're going to give them whatever it is that they're seeking. And there is a difference between being compassionate with someone, accepting who that person is and condoning what they do. So I don't necessarily need to condone anything someone does to have compassion for who they are. Because again, to come back to that essence, I believe people are much deeper than what they often show the world. Just think about you. Think about your own life. Have you not done things and thought, gosh, I wish I didn't do that? Have you not done things impulsively and said, man, I wish I could take that back and get that moment back? Now, imagine this, because this is really a a powerful concept to understand. There's something called asymmetric insight. Fancy word. Here's what it means. We have a tendency to believe we are really deep and mysterious but other people are really shallow and predictable. So we think if we're arguing with someone and they don't, they don't see all, what we see, we just say, well, they're an idiot. They just don't. If they saw what we saw, they would obviously take our side. The problem with asymmetric insight is everybody struggles with it. So we all think we're deep and mysterious and everyone else is shallow and predictable. But what if we weren't? What if we could imagine and be mindful of that concept of asymmetric insight. So that the next time we get into a disagreement with someone, instead of rushing to say that they just don't understand, we lead with compassion and realize that maybe they have something to offer us that we haven't seen entirely. You see, one of the great things that changes anger, one of the great things that changes conflict is humility. A lot of anger stems from ego. A lot of anger stems from the need to be right, the need to prove ourselves right. But what do we really get by that? Does anybody really have a headstone that says, hey, here's so-and-so, this person was right 5,682 times. That's not happening. And at the end of the day, there is no award for being right. In fact, the only real consequence for needing to be right all the time is usually pushing everyone in your life out of your life because it was all about okay I'm right I'm right I'm right okay but you're not really comfortable to be around so you want to ask yourself something I've asked young people for a long time do you want to be right or do you want to be happy because oftentimes it's needing to give up the idea of I need to be right the question is why do we need to be right and there is an answer to that we need to be right because when we're right we feel like oh look I'm valued I'm a valued member of society and people are going to want to have me around. And I think that that's the real deep-seated reason why we want to be right, because if I'm valued, then people are going to need me, and I'm not going to be abandoned. And I, I kind of have a really cool evolutionary thought about this. Think about 10,000 B.C., if people are out there in, a, in a, surviving in a tribe, in a, in, a, in a group of human beings, and if they're ostracized, if they're kicked out of that group, then that meant death. So we have such a fear of being abandoned that we want to say, look, I have value to this group. So there are a couple of things that emerge from this. And I'm going to talk about some of them coming up. But one of them is that we want to be validated. But the other one is that we want to be valued. Hey, this is emotional management. If you want to be a part of the show, 866-391-1020, or you can email us on a dollar bank instant access at kdka or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Welcome most to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is the show where we get to talk about the person you live with your whole life. You, this is the show where we get to talk about anything that you want to deal with. So if you have questions, if you have issues you're struggling with currently, Give us a call 866-391-1020 or email us on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com or text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. We have some emails and texts to get to, but I want to kind of finish that point in terms of why we are driven to want to be right and why we're driven for validation. So again, let's think about this. Our prehistoric ancestors lived in groups. They survived in groups and they realized that they needed each other to survive. In fact, one of my favorite uh, anthropology uh, concepts that I like to draw on is there was a person who hypothesized that the reason why the Neanderthals died out while Homo sapiens lived on is Neanderthals. They lived on mountains and they were bigger and stronger and they had to, you know, see a great distance to find their their prey, their food. And so they lived in isolation. They had a smaller portion of their brain devoted to social interaction, and they had a bigger portion of their brain devoted to eyesight and coordination. That's in the back of your brain. Smaller part devoted to human connection, to that connection, social connection. Whereas human beings, we have a huge part devoted to that social connection and a very small part uh, devoted to those other areas. So, The point is that this anthropologist hypothesized that the reason why they died out is they thought they could do it on their own, whereas we realized we needed each other. So I've talked about that on this show before, but I'm highlighting it again because I want to bring it back to the idea of why we need to be right. Because if I feel like I'm valued by the group, then I'm not going to get abandoned by the group. But if we can be mindful that that's probably a deep-seated evolutionary drive but we're not really worried about being abandoned by the group anymore because we can still survive independently a lot more effectively now than we could back then. Now, I don't need to have that impulse to be right. I can step back on that. Let's go to the phone lines. Oh, we lost that. On when, so now not only in terms of being right, but let's come back to Let's come back to the need for validation. So I had someone ask me recently about validation. She said, "Why is it that I need validation so badly? I feel like there's I shouldn't need it as much as I do. I feel like I'm a normal healthy person, but yet I find myself searching and searching for validation." And I said, "I look, I think that the real reason is it's so deep-seated in us to want to connect that we want to be told time and again. Now watch this. If someone experiences a trauma, let me break this personally to you. If you have experienced a trauma in your life, then your desire for that connection only grows stronger. So now if you experience trauma early on, you're more likely to seek validation even more so later in life because you're kind of wanting to connect and not be abandoned, not be hurt in that way. Let's go to the phone lines on, uh, let's go, line one. Dale, you're you're on KDKA. Welcome. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I was traumatized when I was young with uh, sexual abuse. And uh, had I not gone to God, uh, I'd have never got out of it. Mm. Never. God, I know, uh, is the one and only answer for one and all because I don't care who else you go to, you have to go to who created you. It only makes sense. And those two that um, talked about 40 years ago when when they uh, both went uh, went back together... Uh, what I don't understand is right now we got people that are going to be uh, looking for food and medications. They got flooded.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. We just, we just lost that call. Um, I'm sorry about that, Dale. Dale, I do appreciate you calling in and that is very powerful to even uh, own up to and say about that type of trauma that you experienced early in your life. You um, you know, look, trauma sticks with us deeper than we usually realize. And my point tonight is if you've gone through something and it's still coming up. Now you might not think what's coming up consciously and that's the thing. So I want you to listen to this. Maybe you're not consciously thinking of the trauma you've witnessed or experienced yourself in your own life, or maybe you're not really thinking in your foreground of all the violence you might be watching or anger you're listening to. But if you find yourself shorter with people, if you find yourself more irritable, more agitated with people, then you might just be reflecting something going on much deeper. And it's worth exploring. It's worth looking into and saying, why am I doing this coming up in the second hour I'm actually going to answer a question about someone who who asks about anger and not understanding where it's coming from or why it's happening. And we're also going to talk, too, about anger in sports because, look, people can get awfully angry both playing sports and get out of control, and people can get angry watching sports. So, look, if you have anything you want to talk about tonight, Give us a call, 866-391-1020, or email us on the dollar bank, instant access at kdkaradio.com Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. The path to self-awareness involves taking a hard look at ourselves. It's so easy to look and blame others. It's so easy to say to others, you're the cause of my pain. It's so easy to say that, but if we can really look at ourselves and understand, look, how the world's impacting us, and I realize as I say that could sound contradictory, like, well, the watching this violence is causing this. I'm not saying it's a direct cause, but it's a it's a it's definitely contributing to why you're feeling the way you are. And the one thing you can be in control of is how you interact and communicate with others. So if you're struggling in any type of relationship, whether it's parenting, whether it's your your grandchildren, whether it's your children, whether it's your loved one, your husband or wife, and you wanna talk about it, give us a call. This is the show where we can deal with any of those issues. This is emotional management. So one other piece that I wanna say before we move out to the break is this. I dealt with this earlier and we didn't get to come back to it, but that is um, the concept of how to exude compassion even whenever the people you're giving it to don't seem to want it and are kind of moving away from it. So how do we do that? So we're going to talk about all of that kind of stuff coming up in the next hour. We're going to go from, how do you deal with your, your friends? How do you deal with that validation? How do you deal with all this stuff that's going on? We're going to bring it all together and tie it in in the next hour. And we're going to bring it all here for you on emotional management on KDKA radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. I'm glad you can join us. If you want to be a part of the show, give us a call, 866-391-1020, or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the Right Automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. So the number's available if you want to call in and talk, and listen, there are My tagline is there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who have issues and dead people. So if you're alive, you have issues. So do I. We all do. The challenge is, how do we deal with those issues? How do we deal with them? So whether it's anger or anxiety, depression, whatever it is, this is your chance to talk about it. So I got a text. From the right automotive text line, it says, "I erupt in anger sometimes, and I honestly don't know why." So, even though that is a, a brief text, here's what I'd like to do. I, I actually have an anger management video on YouTube, and if my YouTube channel is just youtube.com/slash Doctor Christian Conti, and I have a video called getting angry without knowing why. And what I thought I'd do tonight is take a little bit of time to answer this and show you really why you might be getting angry. So consciousness is a real fancy term, but consciousness just means awareness. So consciousness is anything that we're aware of. Think about it. If you're knocked out, you're unconscious. You're not aware. So consciousness is awareness. Now there are levels of awareness, the lowest level of awareness we have is shame. When we're living in shame, we act out of shame. So here's what shame is. Now, pay attention to this. This is important. There's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is feeling bad about something you've done. That's fine. If you do something, you hurt somebody, you ought to feel bad about it and then learn from it, move on. But shame is feeling bad about who you are. And that's a big difference because Look, feeling guilty, that can get you, that can course correct you. If you do something and you feel guilty, it can help you be guided back to the path that you actually want to be on. But when you do something and you begin to feel shame and say, I'm no good, I'm not a good person, I'm not worth anything, then you start to treat people accordingly. Because if I feel like I'm no good and I feel like I'm worthless, then why not hurt you? Why not hurt someone else? So when people live in shame, they act out of shame. So shame is what would be described as the lowest level of consciousness. Now, right above shame would be depression, and I want you to think about what depression is. Depression occurs. Now, uh, listen, it's a multifaceted uh, idea. This is a huge comp, uh, a huge, huge uh, idea of what happens to us with the depression. So it's not just. Uh, psychological, it's neurological. There could be things going on in your brain that are firing differently. So you're not getting the same level of uh, serotonin and dopamine that you might normally get. But so let's say when we're struggling with depression, our focus is the past. Oh, I'm so upset that this happened. I'm so upset that I lost this. Whatever it is, the depression, the focus is on the past. And then there is anxiety. So, anxiety is right above depression. And anxiety occurs when we focus on the future. Or more accurately, we focus on what the future might be, what it might be, not what it is, not what it inevitably will be, but what it might be. So, you have shame and you're feeling bad about who you are, or you have depression and you're focusing on the past, or you have anxiety. And you're focusing on the future. Now, above shame, above depression, above anxiety is anger. So listen to this. We would rather lash out in anger than dwell in shame, depression, or anxiety. We would rather lash out in anger. And here's why. The moment we lash out in anger, we have a flood of endorphins rush in. And when that flood of endorphins rushes in, we feel better. It's like the runner's high. So think about this. If you trip on your child's toy in the middle of the night, you're like, Oh, I can't believe who left this out. And you get really angry. You're getting angry fast because you're flooding your body with endorphins. Instead of saying mean, instead of saying something mean to others, you could literally just yell, I need to get really mad right now. So my foot feels better. And when you release those endorphins, you feel better. So think about this, anger, we lash out at others so that we don't have to dwell in those awful feelings of shame, depression, or anxiety. Now, when I get this text that says I erupt in anger sometimes, and I honestly don't know why, I want you to really reflect on that, because it's very possible that you're erupting out of anger to cover up shame, to cover up depression, to cover up anxiety, but here is the magical piece to all of this. You might lash out to others because you're covering up shame, depression, or anxiety. But if the highest level of consciousness isn't anger, so well above anger are things like love, knowledge, compassion. So it doesn't end at the top level as being anger. Once you can understand, let's take knowledge, which is above anger. For instance, once you let's say you're struggling with depression, shame, depression, anxiety. If you can use your knowledge to understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling, then instead of lashing out at others, you can simply communicate to them. You can say, hey, I'm feeling really anxious right now. I'm feeling kind of sad. My body just feels really down. And knowledge also helps us understand what we can do to get through those tough moments. So how about this? Your mind always wants to match your body. So if your body is feeling really sad or really anxious, your mind's going to want to make up a story to match why your body feels the way it does. So if you're really anxious or really depressed, you might say, well, I'm really anxious and depressed because of you. You're the one who's making me so mad. But the truth is, it's not the other person. It's what's going on inside you physically. The more aware you can become of that, the better you'll be able to handle it. That's why this is so powerful to understand these unconscious factors, why you might be angry, why you might be short with your loved ones. A lot of times, think about it. You might be short with a loved one or angry because they're not giving you the focus or attention that you want them to be giving you. And so what do you do? You lash out in anger, but it might stem from anxiety. Like, hey, I'm anxious about not getting the kind of connection I want to be getting, There are a lot of reasons why you do the things you do, and if you're struggling with anything in particular and you want to talk about it, this is the show to do that. So if you want to talk to me, you can call 866-391-1020, or you can email on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. When we really get to understanding the heart of what's going on with us, we have the freedom to be able to change it, and that's empowering. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is a show where we get to talk about whatever's going on with you from anger to anxiety to depression to relationship issues, parenting. Anything you're struggling with, as long as you're a human being, you call in. Hey, listen, if you're a pet and you want to call in, give me a call. 866-391-1020 or the dollar bank instant access at KDKRadio.com, Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. Look, I think for me, I get really passionate about what I do because when you watch change happen, when you're able to vi- literally be in the room. So I used to get really excited. I played football when I was young and, you know, throw on a football a touchdown pass. That was a great feeling, right? The crowd erupts. This is just a wonderful feeling, but there are other ways to get that feeling. That feeling was a sense of accomplishment. Like, okay, I worked hard for something and then that unfolded. But what I've watched through the years is that feeling is not just, um, Uh, relegated to sports. It's in any aspect of life. When you can put your heart and soul into something and watch it come to fruition, it's pretty awesome. And it doesn't just have to be you doing it. It can be you watching other people succeed. And I've got a lot of joy from that. When I get to watch people get self-awareness that they previously never had, it's really kind of fun to watch because You under Like for me, I see that there's a whole path, a whole world is going to open up once you really start to step outside of your cave and see the world differently and open things up. So I I really am passionate about what I do. I work with everyone from uh, people who are struggling on the inside, inmates in prisons and maximum security prisons to uh, top athletes, um, to just people who are struggling in life with any issues. So we got a question here. From the dollar bank instant access, which is, um, from Ron who says, why do pro athletes who get paid to play sports do dumb things out of anger to cost their team? Ron, I think if I knew the answer to that, then I think every coach would like to have that answer, but actually I do know the answer to that. So I think coaches do want that. Oh, wait. That's why I consult with professional teams. Why do athletes, look, we oftentimes think that if somebody's good at one thing, that they're good at everything else. So if someone is really wonderful at their craft and they've worked really hard to become a master at their craft in football, let's say, they might be excellent at what they're doing, but that doesn't mean that they've mastered their mind. They may have mastered their body. They may have mastered a certain part of that sport, but that doesn't mean they've mastered self-control all the way together. Now, look, when it comes to football, let's take football, for example, there is, to be really great at the sport, to have an edge, you have to be able to be willing to really throw yourself out there. And that means operating on an instinctual level at times. So let's take a linebacker, for instance. A linebacker on on the defense in football, his job is to tackle people. And he needs to operate on instinct. He needs to know. He needs to be able to read the play. Definitely. Prepare read the play as much as possible, but ultimately it comes down to instinct. Can he trust his gut of what's going to happen? Now, if we're operating on an instinctual level, what else happens on an instinctual level? Well, snapping out, kind of not operating in the world of being thoughtful or mindful, but operating on that base instinct. So a lot of times the athletes will lash out Even though it costs their team because they're not looking at the bigger picture, they're focused on that impulsive, immediate need for whatever that is. Now, as much as I would love for us all to sit back and just sit in our own world and say, see, these athletes are losing control. We have to look at ourselves first and foremost Because just because the athletes are on television and we can actually see them and we can watch that mistake, what if someone would have been at your work the other day and they watched that you lash out at someone else? Or what if someone had been in your family, in your household, and had cameras on when you lost your patience with your loved one? Now, what if that moment was amplified? Look, the reason why I really advocate for people to wipe away judgment is this if we were really able to walk in other people's shoes, if we were really able to live in other people's lives, I do not believe that we would hold the same level of judgment for them. Once we really see what's going on. Now, a lot of times we say, well, I've been through tough things and I didn't do X, Y, or Z, but you've been through tough things with your own um, mind, with your own intellectual ability with your own life experiences. So sure, you've had a tough life, but you didn't have that person's life. Once you really realize that had you been someone else, you would have operated differently. You can wipe away judgment. So why do these pro athletes lash out? For the same reason why you lash out, for the same reason why you mess up. We mess up in life, all of us, because we're human. And we haven't mastered our emotions. Sometimes we allow our emotions to get the best of us. Now, maybe you allow your emotions to get the best of you when you're hungry, when you're tired, when you're stressed out. Well, let's think about what that happens neurologically. When you're hungry, when you're tired, when you're stressed out, you're operating in a primal part of your brain. When those football players are on the field, when those pro athletes are out there, they're operating from instinct in a primal part of their brain. Understanding is awakening. It helps us to not judge people. So if we know that other people operate or or lash out impulsively because they haven't practiced mastering that emotion enough, and we know that we do the same thing, instead of spending any time judging others, we'd probably be better served learning what we can do differently ourselves. Look, I have this to say about judgment. Could you imagine if someone took a snapshot of your worst moment in your life and they really looked at that worst moment and then the entire world got to see it. And then on top of that, everyone commented on it. And again, this is a snapshot of a moment in your life. Now you may 100% very well be, and we are 100% accountable for whatever we do in life in every one of those moments. But I'm not sure, at least I haven't met yet, that person who would really want the worst mistake highlighted for the entire world to see, to criticize. So before we jump on a bandwagon to criticize people who have made mistakes and we get on our high horse and we give ourselves excuses to be on our high horse, well, this person did this or this person did that, I think it's really important for us to be mindful of what we bring to situations. I think that's of the utmost importance. to be aware of what we have done. And when we do that, we really can take away that need to judge others for why they might act impulsively. Look, if you're going to park your car, you can either go head first or you can take the time to back in. And that's a metaphor for life. If you do the work up front, and you take the time to back in at the beginning, it'll be easier for you when you pull out to leave at the end. If you go head in first, it's going to be tougher for you when it comes time to leave. If you put in the work up front on how to change, change can happen. If you want to be a part of the show, 866-391-1020. Or email us at kdkradio.com or text us at 866-391-1020. On the right automotive text line. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDK Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. If you want to be a part of the show, give us a call at 866 391 1020 or email us on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866 391 1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. Hey, we're going to go right to the phone lines. Sherry, you're on emotional management on KDKA. Welcome to the show.
3: Hi, Dr. Conti. I'm Sherry. Hi, Sherry. Um, um, you know what, I just found out a a while a little while ago that my husband had an, a long term affair and mm. and I know who the woman is and I desperately, desperately want to send her daughter a letter about how her mother who was married at the time also messed around with a married man.
1: Do you think that's a good idea? Oh no, not, no, not at all. But you know what, Shay, first of all, my heart goes out to you because anytime you have your heart broken like that, uh, that sense of trust is betrayed. It's so unbelievably painful, but I'm really grateful that you would even call in and give somebody a chance to talk, talk you through that because we want to be mindful that that daughter, whoever it is, is not, that's the the daughter wasn't involved and and we don't and and we kind of want to make and this is listen I understand where that pain comes from when we have when we're hurting so badly we're like how can I hurt this person in a way that'll really get to them but we never ever right. ever want to involve children um even if they're adult children like the reality is we don't want to have other people cuz they had nothing to do with that does that make sense
3: right but I want but I want it makes sense but I want I want her child to know what a bad person she
1: is. Yes. I I feel that. I feel that for sure. You know what? Here's the, here's the challenge. When we go to rally others to not like somebody that we don't like, here's what we can't do. We can never actually transfer the, the physiological pain that we have. It's almost like if I, if I burn my hand on a hot, coffee and I'm like, well, I need, Sherry, I need you to feel this pain. And I try to describe it to you. You might be like uh, for, you might say, "Hey, listen, I really understand that you're in pain, but I'm not, my hand's not in that hot coffee right now. So I don't feel that. So in that same way, when we go to rally others to get angry with them, we actually only get them probably angry with us. So I could see her daughter, that backfiring to her daughter saying like, well, I can't believe, why would you be involved me in this? Like, so what is, what's going on with you that, why are you doing this? You know, so, uh, oh, I can see this is, uh, you know, this is must be why, you, you know, they, they, your husband did this or something, you know, to come back with something hurtful or whatever. So I want you to be mindful. I'm so grateful that you took the time to pause, to call in. That's, that's fantastic. So tell me where you are with that.
3: Well, it, it's been a year since I found out. Okay. And we're working on things. We're boasting therapist individually and together um you know even after i found out he still continued the relationship with her and i of course you know was just uh, just devastated that he was still lying to me so i mean i i don't know i i'm i'm i have mixed emotions about a lot of things um you know one day i want to just pack up and leave and another day i want to think, well, why should I pack up and leave? Why I've already been hurt enough. Why should I have to go through that trauma in my life?
1: Right, exactly. Right. No, exactly. And listen, this is, this is beyond, beyond powerful. And those emotions are going to ebb and flow. And what happens is when, whenever those emotions ebb and flow, there will be the impulse to pull others in, to feel that pain too. But one of the most conscious ways you can go through this pain, which you'll end up feeling you know, when you go through pain consciously, you can't, it's not that it's going to be easy, but when you go through pain consciously, you won't have the additional regret for the things that we all have done in our lives when we've lashed out unconsciously at others. So the reason why it's important to not react on those impulses toward, uh, anger, vengeance type stuff is it'll end up hurting you down the road. You'll be like, Oh, why did I do that? You know, I was I was in pain. I didn't need to do that. But that's really where that stems from is pain.
3: Oh, definitely. I've been through many, 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 many months of tears and crying and anger and hurt. And, you know, it's just it's devastating. I still don't know what to do with myself. You know, I'm like I said, I'm seeing a therapist and she's absolutely fantastic and she's helped me get through. You know, my day to day. She just recently convinced me that, that that this other person doesn't even exist, and that really helped me a lot.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. That's so, great. See, I think yeah. that's such a it's a it's such a, a gift to be able to go and talk with counselors. Um, and there are so many wonderful counselors out there that can help you get through. it, And I think that's a testament to the reality that you can get through tough situations. The the reality is that couples go through difficult times, and they can go through things like an affair and actually come out tremendously stronger afterward, um, it takes a while to go through that hurt. But when you do, and I'm not saying it's always right to stick with that person, because I don't know, but if it is right to stick with that person, then couples can absolutely, because I get this question a lot, come out significantly stronger from that because they learn, okay, this is what kind of had us drifting apart. This is what had us both contributing to the relationship, not being where it is. And now here's what we can both do to get it back. So if it's the right person, and you choose to work on it. I want you to know that yes, you absolutely can get stronger through this. Um, that being said, there are also times when it's not the right person. You say, "Well, no, this I'm, I need to learn. This is not the right person," and move on. But to be able to have a therapist talk talk you through that and have somebody bounce those ideas off of, that's excellent. Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, thank you very much for your input.
1: Definitely, Sherry. Thank you so much for calling. I I really want everybody to notice, like, even if you could listen to the tone of Sherry's voice, what an like when she first called, there was a lot of pain, there was a lot of anger there. But even toward the end, like, you could hear that her the difference in the tone of her voice. She has every right in the world to be extremely angry, to be extremely hurt. Uh, she is entitled to that. That is 100% uh, legitimate to be hurting. But the beautiful thing, if we can use the word beautiful through pain, is that she will learn and she is learning. You You can hear that she's learning from it and not making that impulsive choice to bring others down. It's really, it's very natural for us to want others to hurt when we're hurting. And even though that's natural, it's not healthy, and it only adds to the chaos of the world. Let's go to the phone lines on line two. We have Yvonne, you're on KDK Radio Emotional Management. Welcome.
4: Yes, um, it's nice talking to you. Um, I was reading an an article in The the Week. It says, um, I guess... It's a magazine uh dated uh august 10, twenty twelve and it's the front page uh, talks about being addicted to technology and there's a little article in here that um sort of connects with what you're talking about and um it talks about how so many times we're spending so much time um you know with this technology uh but they have a little thing here that says. Um, Americans now put in an average of 122 more hours um, per year than the British, uh, with technology. Oh and, wow! And 378 hours, nearly 10 weeks more than the Germans.
1: My goodness, are you are you struggling with addiction to technology?
4: Well, no. As a matter of fact, I'm. I. I'm online, but I don't even have a computer in my house now because the, the monitor went down. I didn't get another one, but, um, uh, you know, we were, t- you were talking about t- the TV and everything. And, and, you know, another thing, I've got a magazine here. Oh, not a magazine. It's actually an educational book uh, where I can learn Hebrew in, t- in 15 minutes uh, per day if I, if I really concentrate. And- that's... Every, on a daily basis, but I—I turn on the TV and I'm spending. When I want to watch the six o'clock news or the seven o'clock news or whatever, every uh, few minutes there's a commercial. I could have learned Hebrew.
1: Oh, that's so smart. That is so smart. I think we lost that that call, but that is so smart with what she was turning that point into about how we could spend our time wisely. And we want to be mindful of how we spend our time. We want to be mindful of what is in our space and how we spend our time. 866-391-1020. Or you can email us at Access at kdkradio.com or text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is emotional management on KDK radio. This is emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. I love being able to talk with people about and try to give support wherever I can. I was really moved by Sherry's call. I think, look, it just goes to show there are a lot of people out there who are struggling in ways that we don't realize. So every day you're driving down the road, someone makes a mistake on the road, you get so angry with that person. But what if that person just found out that their spouse was cheating on them? Or what if that person just found out that they have a terminal diagnosis? Or what if that person just found out a loved one got in an accident? We have no idea what people are going through, but when we go through life consciously, we don't go through life judgmentally. So, when we go through life aware that people could be struggling, it's easier for us. Now, we got a Dollar Bank instant access email, and the question is We rented our house to some friends as a favor, and they trashed it after swearing they would keep it immaculate. Don't I have a right to be angry? Yes, absolutely. You have a right to be angry. I, I, it's interesting. I'm glad, kind of glad I got that question on the end of what I just talked about, because being conscious and mindful that people are struggling doesn't mean that you can't be angry at all. It doesn't mean that. What it does is it allows you to work through What you're dealing with, without lashing out impulsively, we have a right to be angry. Anger is a natural emotion. In fact, there are some arguments to be made that it's one of the really true primary emotions that we have. Some people say anger is a secondary emotion, and but others say it's a primary emotion. Anger is. So we have a right to be angry, absolutely. But the question is, what do we do with that anger? Do we lash out? Do we hurt someone? Do we continue to contribute to the anger in the world? or do we deal with it by working through it? Now, we're not just pushing it down. We're not just stuffing it down, but we're actually stepping back, taking a look at it, and working through it. We're going to change our self-talk. So, absolutely, would I be upset if someone rented a house to a friend as a favor and they trashed it and kept saying they were going to keep it immaculate? Absolutely. That's very frustrating because we align our expectations with the reality that our friend might keep his or her word. And then when we see that that person doesn't, it's going to anger us. Here's the thing. What do you do with that anger? What do you do with that anger in that moment? Because if you lash out, then you just add more chaos. I've said this before, but having anger at someone is like holding a hot coal and trying to throw it at them. You're burning yourself the whole time you're holding it. But I want to take it even a step further. Imagine you pick up a hot coal to throw at someone and that person runs around and hides from you. So now you got to go find them to throw this hot coal at them. Well, the whole time you're running around trying to find them, you keep burning yourself worse and worse. And so now where do you, what do you have? You're now not only angry, but now you're burned. So I would say, yes, 100% you have a right to be angry, but let's be mindful to work through that anger. And if there were more to this question, I would go more in depth, but my feedback is it's okay to be angry, but let's be mindful how you're being angry. If you want to talk about it, you can always call in. We can shine light on maybe the most conscious way to move through that anger. Here's another dollar bank instant access email. Uh, says Dr. Conti, I'm finding your discussion about emotional levels very interesting, but can you further explain what is the basis for the relative levels? So why is love above hate, etc.? What does "above" mean? That's a wonderful question. I really appreciate that question. Um, I probably did a visual there that w- didn't maybe not work as well for radio. I have a YouTube video where I explain these scale of consciousness, and I say "above" because I picture picture a ladder. So on the lowest uh, level of the ladder, on the lowest step of the ladder, um, if we look at consciousness on a scale like a ladder, at the top of the ladder would be all the most um, wonderful, ineffable feelings. Ineffable is beyond words, right? So the most divine impactful experiences of our lives are ineffable. They are beyond words. Maybe below that is love. And then maybe, so it's not quite to that level of ineffable. Um, and maybe it's knowledge below that. So whatever they are, you think about those things. And then what I was concerned with and the things that I was really focusing on were those, that bottom four, those, that shame, depression, anxiety, and then anger and understanding that we don't need to dwell in those, we can try to, let's use the metaphor, rise above and rise out of the struggle and turmoil we're in to get a bigger picture. So let's think of that ladder metaphor again, and let's think, how, can, how far can I see? If I'm on the lowest step of the ladder, I can't see very far. If I'm up higher on the ladder, I can see farther. So now let's think about that with consciousness. If I'm up higher, I'm able to see farther. Now, one of the reasons why I actually really love this question about what does above mean is when you read the works, when you read my books, I, I often talk about consciousness being expanded and not in high or low. The only high or low metaphor I use is in this scale of consciousness um, that I adapted um, from Hawkins, which was a, a he had a map of consciousness. I kind of made it into a scale so it'll be easy for people to see in a visual but I really only talk about consciousness in terms of expanding it, getting broader, not necessarily high or low, good or bad, right or wrong. But wonderful question. Really appreciate that. That's what this is all about, asking these questions so that we can get insight into your life. Look, going through life is not it's not easy. It's not easy to go through life. and we can get caught up in a lot of anger. But if you want to shed the anger you have toward others, For slighting you, then consider taking some time to reflect on all the slights you've caused others. Humility transforms self righteousness. So we have a tendency to maximize, minimize the pain we cause others, but maximize the pain they cause us. We judge ourselves by our intentions, but we judge others by their actions. But maybe it'd be worth it for you to ask yourself in the midst of your anger towards others, Are you really okay with others holding on to the pain you've caused them in the same way you hold on to the pain from the anger from how they've wronged you? Listen, if the thought comes across your mind, but what I've done was different, or at least I never, if that crosses your mind, then it's probably wise for you to understand, uncomfortable as it might be, that you're living in darkness and self-righteousness. We're all human. We all mess up. Life is short and We really want to let go of our anger. How? Well, we focus on light and goodness and gratitude and compassion and helping others. Actively focus on what you want. Your focus is shaped by your thoughts. Although it's probably not neurologically possible to ignore things, it is absolutely possible to actively direct your focus on the good. It's going to take effort. Sure. It's going to take practice. Sure. It might be tough until you get better at it. Sure. But it's possible. We master what we practice. So let go of your anger or hold on to it. The choice is yours. Live in the light of awareness or in the dark of ignorance. Again, the choice is yours. Whatever you do, understand that being trapped in anger is you suffering. And to become free, you're going to have to learn to figure out how to work through and let go of the pain that you're holding on to work on yourself, help everyone that you can. Look, emotional management is about understanding yourself and the only person you can really control, you. I started off this whole show by talking about that you emit energy, you give off energy, you contribute to the content that is in this world. You are contributing to the content that is in this world. So if you're in pain and you bring more pain to others, you're contributing pain to the world. If you're in pain and you work through it, and then you're able to shed that, break that cycle of pain, then you don't pass it on. You're contributing light to the world. Being the light in the world isn't always easy. It's not always easy, but it is always worth it. I really appreciate you joining me here for this show. I'm honored to do this show with you, and that's why I come back every week. And we'll be back again next week with more emotional management. As always, more than anything else, I definitely wish you much peace. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti.